right. Well, excited today to have Julie McDevitt on the Leading Virtuously podcast. Hello, Julie. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Chris. I'm excited to be here and to talk with you this afternoon. Excellent. Well, who are you? Well, that's a interesting question. I think when I identify, I think about being a wife and a mother definitely are my primary roles. And then I also run an organization called Grace Integrated, and it is a counseling facility. We have a couple different locations in the western suburbs of Chicago, and we really work hard to bring therapeutic services to people of all ages and genders and walks of life. So when you say therapeutic services, is there a specific like area of therapy that you guys focus on? We actually, you know, I came as from the background of being a teacher and I always consider it like this. A lot of therapists will really concentrate in one area. While when I was a teacher, I was trained that I had to be able to meet whichever student's needs was in front of me. So I couldn't just do visual learning or I couldn't just do auditory learning. I had to be able to complement whatever that person's needs were that was in front of me. So I really encourage my clinicians to have a really large skill set so that we are able to meet the needs of many different people with many different problems and concerns as they show up at our door. We do definitely concentrate in family and children. We talk a lot about that just as that's my background. I'm an urgent family therapist. That was my degree. It's definitely where I have the most experience and knowledge. While we really work hard to help whoever it is that calls, you know, and is looking for help from us. Sure. And people have problems. So, um, uh, yeah, Correct. Uh, this is uh, probably the most interesting time uh, to, to be a therapist. And uh, I think you're being very humble about the way that you communicated Grace Integrated. I know you guys have been steamrolling growth. What do you think has been the secret to your success? Yeah, I think we have. And I don't want to underestimate or understate that because We've worked really hard. I've worked really hard. My husband who runs the organization with me, my sister who also does all the intake, all of us have put in a lot of the footwork to get where we are. While I know that we come with this idea of family first, as we are family, literally, and anyone we bring into the organization we want to treat as a family but i'll joke with them like a functional family we want all the aspects of family without the dysfunction that most <laughs> families have on some level mm. and so i think my clinicians who come in really feel that they feel like they are our priority we really put them first and their needs first because they are we as the therapists were the tools in which we take and help our clients and in order to be the most, the sharpest, the most effective tool, we have to be able to have this like safe place to land, a community around us, a lot of encouragement and support because the work is extremely hard. And that is, I think, a lot of our success is that our clinicians really benefit from our investment in them. And so they are able to go out and then provide services that it's undeniable. Like they're really strong clinicians 
And they're also excellent people. Like in my December newsletter, I just really expressed how humbled I am with the quality of people who have decided to choose us too. They really are. Like I cannot speak enough about the quality of my clinicians. That's excellent. That's excellent. And uh, yeah, I think that's interesting that you, you know, obviously uh, I know your, your, your husband, your business partner, who is your business partner as, as well as uh, the person that's running your operations. Uh, my other sister, Jenny, and uh, you know, you guys are all very loving people. I think that's, that's great to be able to bake into your company culture as well of, and it is also, you know, from me having my background in recruiting and executive search of like, when you're looking for people like, hey, are these, are these people that we look at as a family member? And it's a good sniff test for, for bringing them into the organization or saying, no, no, this, this is not going to be a fit. Um, so the other thing I wanted to ask you, Julie, is, you know, you guys are now, uh, you know, coming up on your, your fifth year. You guys have been doing this for four years. Can you tell us, for those that are entrepreneurs that are like, you know, maybe still doing the, the moonlighting hustle, but are like contemplating about like, just like, uh, uh, you know, making the full-time jump. Can you tell us about that story and why you made the decision to actually leave kind of doing this as a side project to actually making a full-time gig? Of course. Yeah, that was a really defining moment. I think in the life of my family, as you notice, my husband and I, we run this business together. And I was leaving a job in which I was unionized. I had a really secure payment plan. I had a pension. I had all these things that people really seek to feel okay. And it's the question became like, can we make this jump and leave those things that those false sense of check marks of like, okay, we're okay if we have the pension, we're okay if we have the secure job, we're okay. And it's like, well, actually, if we depend too much on those things, we get really locked into where we're at in life. The ability to grow and be an entrepreneur is to recognize that those aren't actually what make you a success or safe. It is connecting to these people. Like Chris and I have this incredible relationship in which I really could get to this idea that it was like, well, really, if we have nothing, if we sacrifice all of that, it's not actually what makes us okay. It's like knowing that we could be in this small, we could lose all the stuff. And if we have each other and our beautiful, healthy children, we're completely okay. And so it was combining that mindset with the yes mindset. You, you have to have this drive, this passion, and this, like, the yes, you know, you just say yes to everything. So many people warn me of like, be hesitant or be mindful of this and don't do that and don't do this and don't, and it's like, no. I said, that's fine, but I'm just saying yes to everything. I'm gonna panel with this insurance that you say I shouldn't panel with. I'm gonna rent this space that you think might not be the right location. And I'm just gonna keep pounding away and saying yes to all these opportunities because if you have that support network, you know who you are, God is right there in the center of all of it. It's like, you don't need all this other stuff. It's like just a false sense of security that we just thrive to find as humans. And if we can just like acknowledge that that's not actually what makes us okay, then we can make these incredible jumps and 
you can only really get to where you're supposed to be, like your highest level of functioning, if you're willing to jump. Mm. Uh, yeah, so you, it's like you have to start getting comfortable in the uncomfortable. And that <clears throat> the more you challenge yourself to be sitting in a position where you're uncomfortable, the more that you're growing and learning. And, uh, you know, it seems like there's, you know, as you're mentioning, as you get older, it's like that, that, like that willingness to be sitting in a position of uncomfortability. I don't even know if that's a word, but anyways, like when you're sitting in that place, it's like, it's not always the easiest, but in essence, like that's when you're really growing. And uh, so thank you for sharing that story. And I hope that's a definitely an inspiration for our leaders as well. Um, so, you know, this, you know, I was going to ask you the question about where virtue and business intersects for you. You know, some people have looked at that question as like, well, maybe you've been with people that don't do things virtuously in a business setting, or is it, you know, an opportunity where maybe there was an opportunity to make money be the motivator behind your actions and instead you chose to, to take the people focus, the loving approach. So where does business and, and virtue intersect for you, Julie? Yeah, I think when you make money and earning the center of your organization, the people around you sense that and they know that's really what you're prioritizing. And that will permeate your organization in a way that's really unhealthy. And it's not actually what will bring you joy as the leader of that organization. And so the virtue intersects in that the relationship with God comes first. When we can make, create this in really personal relationship with a higher power or who I choose to call God, I'm able to then connect to others. And when God's at the heart of things, it's really hard not to have integrity because you're so sensitive to when you're being immoral or when you're being unethical or when your purpose and you're, you're distracted by the wealth or the power or the on and on and on. Like it, when you have that relationship with God at the center and core, you become really sensitive and mindful when you're doing those things. Mm -hmm. And that is completely perceptible to those around you and they don't wanna be around it. They seek to go elsewhere or seek to be in places that they feel that your priority is that integrity. You know, the, the moral soundness that you're operating from a place where you're putting those humans first and their needs first. And when you do that, they're going to show up on time. They're going to work hours that you didn't ask them to. They're going to produce things that you're just blown away by because you're nurturing them in the same way. They feel that God presence. Even if they don't believe in God or acknowledge God, that's what they're sensing. You know, they feel that palpable energy. And I know what it is. I'm not fooled by it. And so it's the virtue of that, like where I don't worry about like, this person has to take leave because of this or this person, you know, whatever the human barriers can be sometimes to working, because I say, go and do that. Like go and have your life, enjoy these other elements. Because when you do that, they're healthier and stronger and their vitality will just pour right back into your organization. So I don't fear, you know, God is at the center. God is the source. 
And when God's the source, it's unlimited. Yeah, no, I love that. I, you know, the thing that you said that I think I just like really hung on was like the, the presence, you know, when you're, when you're in a state, when you, when you feel like you're in a good mental headspace and you're, and you're leading and you're taking care of people, that people resonate to that. And, um, um, so, so I guess I'm just, just curious, you know, obviously like, you know, you and I are both Christians but other people may not, you know, term God to be that way. For those that that aren't, maybe like have that relationship with God in that sense. Are there things that you recommend to your to your maybe atheist clients or non-believing clients on on how to help them find their center? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the catchphrase or concept today is mindfulness. There's a lot of activities that help people be mindful and we use the senses to be mindful. You know, what do you see in the room? What are, you know, if you smell something fragrant, if you like, you know, touch, these are all things that like put you in your body, kind of clear away the distractions in your mind, put the phones away. And that quiet and stillness when you can really just ground yourself and be in your body is where we sense God you know, God lives within us. And so it's people like to, well, the struggle a lot of people have is they equate religion. They're, they've been offended by religion or they've been offended by a person who has taught them religion. Mm -hmm. And they think that's God or they equate that to God and that's not God. So I really encourage them to revisit a relationship to that life source that higher power by being in their body use mindfulness be still be in your body connect to it and in those moments you start to feel the peace and calm when you sit with yourself in the breath and you stop distracting yourself and everyone i think has an instinct of god and they just have been prejudiced in some way or another and those are real pains those are real offenses and i don't minimize them they are hurtful and they need to be healed and i really try to be gentle in that and non-judgmental because i don't know like i never experienced what they experienced because if we did we don't know how i would behave if i had that law so it's really important to me as a christian to i might be the only catholic they meet the only tolerant loving catholic in terms of i'm leading with love like that's what Christ taught me. And that's the only thing that always helps me try again. And so people really need to feel that love before they're gonna trust the process. And so that's what I want them to feel in the room. Again, going back to once they sense that energy, that's God, it's undeniable. Beautiful, well, thank you for sharing. Um, so, so two more questions. Uh, first is, what has been the most um, foundational or life-changing book that you've read and, and why? And then we will ask the closing question. Hmm. You know, I just picked up Rediscover Catholicism again by Matthew Kelly. I love his work. I find it extremely accessible and practical. And he talks like right away about that 
either Jesus was like the biggest liar that ever walked the earth, mm. or he is the Messiah, you know, that you can't deny his existence with all just like the factual evidence of him. And it just really made this, it presented it to me in a way that pushed me to think. And I think any good book that you read, even if you don't agree with what the book is telling you, it should push you to think about the words that it's telling you. And Matthew Kelly will also say like, show me your bookshelf, show me what you're interested in and I'll tell you what kind of life you have. It's just these, he gives these lines that really make me evaluate how I live and the culture in which we are embedded in. It's a challenge. It's a real challenge to stay focused and disciplined because we have infinite amount of distractions today. And I, I fall into them. And I love his work because he's gentle. He's all the things I just described. And so I would start, I encourage a lot of people to start with that one, that text, you know, because there's millions of Catholics that don't know what tools they're leaving and not picking up on a daily basis. And so I really just encourage them to rediscover their faith. Excellent. Well, thank you for sharing. Um, Julie, how can people get a hold of you and the work that you guys are doing at Grace Integrated? The best way is through our website. So it is graceintegrated.com. And we have all our staff bios there, our just a little bit of the history and our phone number. It's a great tool to explore, especially if you're anyone's thinking they might want to talk to someone. You know, we're here just to listen. And I think a lot of people really need that outlet today. And then the, the last thing that we talked about offline uh, that I thought that was very beautiful that you said was about uh, insurance. I know sometimes people find the barrier of thinking like, well, you know, we're already stretched thin. How are we going to make this work financially? And that oftentimes, like I know even for us, um, uh, you know, one of our kids is actually at Grace Integrated with one of your therapists and we actually pay nothing. And so that's just something. So can you speak to that about the insurance piece too? Sure. Yeah, that was kind of back to my answer about the yes. You know, a lot of people said, don't take this insurance or don't do that. And I thought, I don't want a single person to have barrier to services that genuinely need the help and need someone to talk to and to come. Our facilities are gorgeous. Jen does amazing work with Chris and Sarah Schatzberger to set up these just inviting, lovely spaces. And I want people to be able to come into them and feel like they're in their living room, just like having a cup of coffee and sharing. And so we're in network with most major insurance companies. We're in, uh, in network with Medicaid and Medicare. So I've really made sure that we can provide services to people who have all walks of life. And you know, we're insured in such a many different ways today. So we tried to remove that barrier for services. Well, I appreciate you uh, sharing about uh, your business and, and giving us the shot in the arm to uh, make that jump. And then also to, uh, you know, what you've been able to speak about, about mindfulness as well. I know in today's world with so many distractions, we need the ability to uh, slow down 
and to go back to our roots. So appreciate it, Julie. Thank you for being on the show today and uh, look forward to continuing the dialogue as well. Absolutely. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, no problem.